Hello and welcome to RegisTake.com podcast number 20. Dwayne Johnson says he wants to honor Robin Williams in the Jumanji remake. Wolverine 3 has begun filming. They say they're going in a little bit of a different direction. They're going to go with a hard R. And Sci-Fi has ordered a prequel show to one of our well-known superheroes. And Ben Affleck has been promoted. Joining me today is... James from the True Believers, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? How's it been? Pretty good. Haven't talked to you since our Civil War review. Anyway, have you heard Ben Affleck, since we love to seem to be pick on DC and Batman versus Superman, that uh, Warner Brothers, I don't know if it was a desperate move, smart move, a necessary move, but they've promoted him now to executive producer for Justice League Part 1, which is currently filming. It says that he will be supporting Snyder and work with Snyder and screenwriter Chris Terrio behind the scenes to make the film the best it can be. What do you think? Good well, move? I bad think, move? I think desperate I, move? I think everything. I think every move they've made since Green Lantern has been a desperate move. Any way that they could control Snyder is a good move. If you have to put Ben Affleck on quality control and basically put Snyder in a timeout, then so be it. I, when I read this, I thought, okay, smart move, maybe on their part, you know, help bring a little bit of stability, a different pair of eyes on the whole DC Universe thing. But at the same time, I you kind of wonder if maybe Warner Brothers didn't do this also to maybe appease Affleck. Maybe he had some misgivings or un not sure if what he's signed on to do was maybe worth it after what happened with Batman versus Superman possibly. Oh yeah, there's a strong possibility there. So they decided hey, Affleck's, we'll, 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 career, we'll, Affleck's career has been going up, on upward. quite a high. He finally kind of got put, put that Daredevil disaster behind him and with his directing in Geely yeah, with his directing stuff, Argo, and, and what he has been doing, he's been making a decent comeback for himself, and I don't think he wants Snyder or DC to screw that up at this point. No. I don't think he wants to be known as the actor who, every time he gets in a superhero movie role, it's disastrous yeah. the consequences for it. Because uh, that would be a quick way of saying, yeah, never again. Yeah. And really, they started filming uh, the Justice League so quickly after Batman vs. Superman opens opened in theaters that there was really no chance to for Warner Brothers to make any sort of changes because they already had their ball rolling so quickly. Probably a mistake on their part. Because I'm guessing if it had been like most movies, Justice League wouldn't have even really even started filming probably till next year if it had been like most other sequels, you know, yeah. like you do. But which I'm kind of guessing that maybe Zack Snyder might have might have gotten the boot off the director's chair. Wouldn't I've you been wondering. Well, you know what? I was kind of wondering. Uh, and he still, even when it happened, I was like, something's going to happen. They're yeah. going to do something with him. And he still may get the boot after Justice League Part 1 comes out if it has a Batman versus Superman-esque uh, I have a Ron. feeling. I have a feeling. Even if that, even if Justice even League if is that movie is good, they're probably unless that movie is like the next Dark Knight, which it's not going to be. Hell no. Um, unless that movie's the next Avengers, which not going to be, probably not. It, obviously, it's not going to be the next Dark Knight. But is it going to be the next Avengers? No. Most likely, no. No. Unless by some like act of God, it's every bit as good as the Avengers. <laughs> uh, and we laugh cynically at that. 
um, I, I think he's going to get the boot no matter what. Well, and here's here's another. Like, I mean, it's just been too much at this point. Yeah. And, and here's another thing to probably laugh at. I'm not familiar as much, but do you know who the character of Steppenwolf is in DC? That sounds familiar. Okay, because there's a villain rumor going around now for, for Justice League Part 1 that says that the new... Oh, wait a minute. That is he... Uh, is he Kind of like the... From what I... From, he's right? from the New Gods, right? He's Something from, like that, yes. Yeah, I do. Something. Yeah, he's like one of uh, Darkseid's minions. Some, or something like that. Anyway, yeah. it says... The rumor is that Steppenwolf is going to be used now as the main villain for Justice League Part 1, that Darkseid will only appear at the end of Justice League Part 1, setting himself up to be seen fully in Part 2. Man. Yeah. Like, it says that Steppenwolf decides to invade Earth that will require the full firepower of the new Justice League as well as bringing back the Man of Steel from the grave. I don't really know. Uh, hell, the only thing I knew at Steppenwolf was a band or a song. So, <laughs> when I read that. Yeah. So, I really don't know anything about this villain character they're talking about. And if the rumor is well, Steppen- true... Steppenwolf the band got their name from Norse mythology as did uh, this character. So, I didn't know if you knew anything about him, but I really don't know. I mean, maybe they've written a really good script. I don't know. You know I, re- I know that he's a dark side minion, but I really don't remember that much about him. Obviously, they're going with someone that no one really is familiar with as a villain, which that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. What it do is- you think it's going to be, though? Well, it's, it's it's Zack Snyder. Yeah. So I will take it as if, if that turns out to be the case, I'll have to wait and see what they do with the movie. I mean, I certainly doubt it's going to be their, quote, Loki. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but, like, I know that Thanos is an outright ripoff of Darkseid. Mm-hmm. The creators of Thanos outright admit that they ripped off Darkseid. Mm-hmm. Like, they do. Like, that's not a secret. That doesn't mean that DC should be ripping off Marvel <laughs> with with this character, because that makes them look bad. I'd almost rather see Brainiac or something like that. If right. They're, if they're going to do a, a different villain and then only use Darkseid for part it two. It baffles me Bring that in- we still haven't seen Brainiac in a movie in us ever like that is baffling because you know lex luther may be like the arch enemy but brainiac is if he's the arch enemy then brainiac is like the two-face or the Razal ghoul okay uh-huh. like i mean he's big he's a big villain and you know bigger than zod <laughs> you know the the fact that and i kind of get why they went with zod for the new ones but it's like zod really wasn't that big of a character in the comics like he was to me zod for man of steel was just a, a no-brainer in their book it was easy it yeah. was a simple safe choice if you want to say but then again you could have said that you could have done the whole thing with brainiac though and said he's looking for the last son of krypton to right add to his collection and he'll destroy the earth to get to him and then put the last people of Earth in his collection, too, because he's a crazy freaking robot. But then again, like, using Lex Luthor in a Man Steel would have been a, quote, easy, safe choice to use. So, yeah. Give some movie fans or DC fans something they've never seen on the big screen before. And and the Steppenwolf, granted, I'm not that familiar with a lot of DC stuff, but hell, I didn't know who the hell he was. I'd have to Google him just to, to get more of an insight on him. You yeah. know, I looked at that. It's like, oh, look, they're going with a band. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just keep seeing one possible mistake after another 
that you keep hearing coming out of, out like, of Warner Brothers. This is like the third time in a row, and it's like, come on, guys. No one's falling for this anymore. Like, the, the next time you do, like, a Jesse Eisenberg thing or something like that, that sort of weird casting, it's like, nobody's going to be like, well, remember Heath Ledger. We're going to be like, no, remember Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> Who's a good actor? Right. And actually, I think he... Did the character... I didn't have a problem with his I love didn't Luther. either, but... I mean, of all the problems with Batman versus Superman, him playing Luther was not an issue with It me. wasn't him playing Luther, but the character was... Almost Joker. No sense. Almost well, it Joker was a total Joker ripoff. Yes. I wouldn't even say Joker-esque. It was a total ripoff of Heath Ledger's Joker. I realize, and I've, I've read and I've heard that Snyder is a big dc fan and he wants to do dc comics justice and in that respect i applaud him for trying but problem is he he hasn't even gotten up to trying yet in my book yeah and as i said on a couple podcasts back that if wonder woman and suicide squad which are the two next movies uh, up in the dc universe and that's actually suicide squad first but if those two movies are critically successful and financially successful and justice league part one pulls a batman versus superman then you've got to say it is Zack snyder and purely Zack snyder that's killing your potential uh cinematic universe that you're trying to establish and in which case you need to get him off of there otherwise it's going to be the shortest lived uh superhero franchise movies set of movies in, in the history of superhero movies and unfortunately we may if that happens we may not get a flash or Aquaman because Warner Brothers may all of a sudden decide, okay, yeah, we're, we're pulling the plug on this and you're done. Also, I've read here recently where now the Flash movie is supposed to be taking place between, even though it's it's coming out between Justice League Part 1 and 2, but the storyline is also now supposed to be taking place between Justice League Part 1 and 2. So I don't know quite how they're going to do that either. It sounds like a big convoluted mess in my book. Yeah, well, it's amazing to me how Warner Brothers has owned all of these characters for how many 70 years? years, and they can't get this right. Marvel has had to like buy and buy and buy all these and make mm-hmm. deals, and they can still manage to make it right. Right now, the only DC movies I'm even interested in seeing in at this point is Suicide Squad. I can't say I'm interested in seeing Wonder Woman because, A, they just finished filming and there's no sort of trailer to even get a possible feel for what they're going for. No. And and, and I'm looking forward, even though it's probably still three year, three to four years away, is Affleck's solo Batman movie. No. Because it seems like Affleck pretty much seems to have total control on that movie. In that regards, I'm pretty safe to say that will probably be good. But past that, I, I'm not necessarily saying I can be excited for Justice League. No. Uh, as much as I would like to see a good Justice League movie, they're not making it easy for me to go, come on, guys, let's go see this. Because all your friends are going to be looking at you like, yeah, it's Zack Snyder. <laughs> no way. Yeah. You know, so speaking of DC World, the Sci-Fi Network has gone ahead and ordered a pilot for the show called Krypton. So what is that about? Well, here we go. The series is set up to be a Superman prequel that will take place two generations before the son of Jor-El is forced to leave Krypton. According to terrible. according to the press release, the series will follow Superman's grandfather, whose house of El has been ostracized and shamed, and fights to redeem the, his family's honor and save his beloved world from chaos. That sounds awful. Uh, and it's going to be on the Sci-Fi Network, not CW or, oh, or CBS or ABC or NBC or Fox, but it's going to be on the sci-fi network well it's got to be better than gotham i think that's it what do you think have you seen that do you like i've, that? I've seen episodes my wife loves that show my, my wife don't lo- tell her i said that but that is like <laughs> uh i think i've read where it's supposed to be david s goyer who's 
had his hands in Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel is the main writer of the show now too. So, but that, he was also one of the main writers for the Nolan Batman movies. He will be involved with the show, and also on another point, DC shows not airing on the CW have not had a good track record of of surviving past anything of a first season. Yeah. And speaking of CW, it's rumored that CBS. Wait, what did you say? That speaking of the CW. Yeah. CBS is considering moving Supergirl to the CW because they don't know if they oh. want to continue paying out the $3 million yeah. a show that it takes to produce that show. That people aren't really watching. Well, CBS's audience is a little bit of a different demographic than what CW's is. So yeah. even when we heard Supergirl was coming out to TV last summer, I thought it made better sense for her to be on the CW anyway because you've already got Arrow and The Flash. Why not just put her on the CW? Yeah. I don't know why they moved all those these shows to other channels. I don't know what they were thinking by that. I, I don't know why CBS decided even to take Supergirl in the first place. Now, they initially only I mean, gave CBS her... CBS is pretty much a Chuck Lorre... Well, uh, also a, a, CS, uh, a police procedural crime yeah. crime drama or, or, or comedies about nerds is... Is pretty much what you know. CBS has become known for, and it just seems like Supergirl was completely out of out of uh, place for CBS, and they only gave her originally a six episode run, but yeah. halfway through it, they extended her to like a, I think an eighteen episode. So they gave her a full season, which I applaud them for at least trying to give the show a, a an audience to grow on. But I didn't understand why they didn't put on the CW in the first place. So no. I've never actually watched an episode of Supergirl. Have you? No. I guess it's getting okay ratings, but it's not necessarily getting bad ratings. Yeah. Maybe the numbers that it's getting wouldn't technically be successful on CW. I, I don't know how that all works, so I don't. I don't know. After Smallville, I just like I know Arrow is supposed to be a good show, but I I saw like one episode of it, and it just reeked of Smallville for me. <laughs> and I hear that they kind of get over that, like it gets gets better and finds its own footing. But like that is just like a style of show that I do not need to go back to. Is <laughs> the Smallville style of. Oh, the next big superhero movie, which we talked about a lot on our Civil War review, and we seem to be talking a lot about superhero movies lately. Producer Simon Kinberg at uh, Press Day for X-Men Apocalypse over in London revealed that Wolverine 3, which has begun filming, which will be the final time Hugh Jackman plays Wolverine, is going to be a very radically bold, different Wolverine than you've ever seen in any of the other movies. It's also going to be, they've also confirmed it will be a hard R movie. They will won't deny or confirm that Patrick Stewart will be co-starring in the movie. The fact that they're not really answering that question almost pretty much tells you he will be in the movie in some form or fashion. Yeah. To me, that's just Hollywood double talk for not really saying yes. Uh, also, it says that the film will also take place in the future. This is basically going to be Old Man Logan. Yeah, it, it looks. It sounds like they're going to basically do their movie version of Old Man Logan, yes. You okay with that? I'm. I got to say, I'm kind of glad that... I love Hugh Jackman. I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And I mean, if there's anyone, if there's anybody that might actually embody one of these superheroes better than Robert Downey Jr., it's Hugh Jackman. Uh -huh. Like, seriously. Like, he might be, like, it's a tough choice, but he might be the one who actually is even a better superhero uh -huh. actor. Has there been any of the Batman actors? that would quote embody Batman I guess the only Ooh, one that might tough. be Christian Bale. Bale I really do I really do I really do like him I guess what I mean by embody is just like he, the actor himself became this character like I mean he kind of like he, it, he, it's, he it's embraces at a point it. where it, it well it's at a point where like you don't really want to see anyone else I guess it's a little harder with 
Batman because there's already been so many actors that like have played Batman. Even after Christian Bale, just knowing that well, four there'd years be another one was inevitable. I mean, four years after Christian Bale, we, we get Ben Affleck. Four so. years was a little earlier than I thought, but I knew it was inevitable. Um, but you know, like you know, Hugh Jackman's amazing. That said, I I think I am ready for X Men this whole X-Men thing to retire for a while. Well, and speaking of X-Men, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is something you may may or may not know and you may not like. Simon Kinberg has also confirmed that the next X-Men movie, which I guess they're already talking about Jeez. since Apocalypse hasn't even come out yet, will take place in the 1990s. Oh, God. So, the worst period. Here, <laughs> of so just for a little... So it's going to be like the cartoon. So just for a little trivia thing here for you, X-Men seems to be... X-Men movies seem to be on a trend here recently because mm-hmm. X-Men's first class in 2011 was 60s. set in the 60s. X-Men's Days of Future Past, most of the movie took place in the 1970s. Apocalypse taking place in the 1990s. 1980s. So I guess they figured, why not just do the 90s? I don't know what story they'd do after it's Apocalypse. I don't know either, because obviously Hugh Jackman won't be a, making a cameo in that, and I guess, I don't know if you noticed or saw on my website, but I guess Hugh Jackman will be making an actual appearance as Wolverine in Apocalypse. They show him in the trailer. Well, they show the claws, yeah, but, but they don't yeah. show anything else, so oh, yeah. you, it's pretty much yeah, you're going to see him in, in some way in that movie. I think but, I'm just ready for X-Men to retire, though. I, I think I really X-Men am. does need to take a break. I, yeah, I think they, after Apocalypse, or even after the Wolverine well, the movie. reviews so far aren't very good for Apocalypse. I think the one review, I did read the title of the article, but I did not read it. It says, X-Men Apocalypse starts strong, weak ending. Yeah. Was what I read. And I didn't want to read anything in the article because I didn't want to know anything quite yet. So well, I'm not big, ready for that. I'm going to make a prediction here. It's going to be... It'll be number one at the box office. It's opening weekend. The big thing is, will it... Well, well my anything. my prediction is it's going to be a better movie than Batman versus Superman. That's my prediction. Geely two um, could um, be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My other prediction is uh, that yeah, you liked Batman versus I. I liked it too, but like the well, thing is, like the more the more you and I keep talking about it, and the more I keep reading about DC and Zack Snyder and what they're doing with Justice League, the more I start questioning my decision. Well, and I gotta say, and I think you're kind of like me in this regards, but like Batman versus Superman and. And Man of Steel, both of them, I've said this about both these movies, both those movies are beautiful. Like, Zack Snyder really knows visuals. Oh, yeah. He really does. With Batman versus Superman. Now, with Man of Steel, I hated it the first time I saw it. Mm -hmm. Like, for some reason, I was... But with Batman versus Superman, I knew exactly what to expect. And it was exactly like the way I expected it. So, like, I didn't really have any, like, adverse reaction to it. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, action movie, whatever. And then, like, the more I thought of it, the more I was like, well, it's a, it's a pretty bad one. I did say before that I thought it was better than Man of Steel. I, I think I'm going to recant that. I think Man of Steel is actually better. The The problem is, as a whole, both those movies just, you know, they there's something fundamentally wrong with them. Mm-hmm. There's something fundamentally wrong with Zack Snyder. Just on some sort of level like you may not notice it the first time you see one of his movies you do notice it the second time and it does creep in now would would you and i'd say that about watchmen about all those movies that he's done like now would you agree or disagree with what i'm about to say here would you agree that now granted we don't get paid to do what we do here on this podcast we do the podcast because we do it because we want to and as we've said before we like kind of quote playing radio then then there are the actual movie critics who get paid to criticize and review movies mm-hmm. would you say setting aside the critics and let's say maybe what you and i do you know because we do it for the fun of it because we want to would you say the normal average 
movie going person who may be familiar with who Batman and Superman is and the DC characters, but not necessarily a huge fanboy, if they went and saw Batman and Superman and they said they enjoyed it and liked it, could you understand why they would like it? Yeah, because it's a good action movie. Like, it is a good action movie. Well, it's got good action. So, I mean, I think the average fan would look at it and go, I loved it. What was wrong with it? Because they're not looking at it from the perspective that, like I said, you and I may look at it or a professional movie critic that's getting paid to do so. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't think even the average audience. I don't think the average audience uh, reaction to it is that good either. I, mean, I really there think, is something I, that I really think word of mouth though really hurt that movie. Oh, it time. did. It did. Whether whether you wanted to see it or not, or whether you knew much about anything of DC or not, I think word of mouth got around to the point. There of, oh, is something been, I, I would say an average movie goer who's not a fanboy honestly i would bet a lot of them would flat out hate that movie like that movie is loud dumb and annoying (laughs) i mean it's the big three and like i'm sure they'd and it's long and i'm I'm sure they'd be like what is this so i don't know and then you know i mean then you've got the average movie goer that's like ooh, action Mm -hmm. so it just depends i mean if you like the movie you like the movie i mean it's doesn't make you a bad person like i mean you just have a different opinion you know and i tried to defend it at first but after seeing it a second time it's like ooh, no <laughs> no i i can't back to x-men though like i i gotta be upfront and honest i don't think that apocalypse i've never been a big fan of apocalypse as a character even when i was a little kid like i thought he was weird and didn't make sense and he really is lacking like character motivation kind of like venom like he's actually a pretty cool character like he's a lot like venom from spider-man they're really cool characters but they're also not very interesting one-dimensional Kind of. Yeah. Apocalypse really is. Like, I mean, he has a cool backstory. And he was created by Walt and... I forget her name, but the husband and wife team, the Simonsons. Boy, I forget her name, and I'm sorry. If I remember correctly, she's the artist, and he's the uh, writer. And both of them also worked on Thor in the 80s, and they did one of my favorite runs of the of Thor's comics. And they created Apocalypse. It's pretty cool. You gotta give them credit. It's pretty cool. It's just one of those characters. So, as it went on in the 90s, throughout the 90s, it's like, it, it's just an odd character. He can control his his whole body at a molecular level. I think he can control other objects at a molecular level. Yet he still has to use machines and henchmen and four horsemen. And it's like, if he's so dang powerful, why does he need somebody like Archangel, who's a cool character, but probably one of the least powerful X-Men? And while we're on the subject in the movie... Storm and Magneto are also horsemen, two of the most powerful X-Men characters. But at the same time, it's like, isn't Apocalypse still, like, way more powerful than they are? Like, what does he right. even need and, them? And as you were talking about before, it's like, well, what does the guy need always someone tootling around with him all the time yeah. if he's that powerful? I mean, and, does he does he do that in the comics as well? Yes. No, that's the thing. That's why I've never been a pretty... He's one of those characters that, like, when I went back and read how they started with this character, he was pretty cool. It's one of those things where it's one of those characters where you know he's big and you know he's evil and you know he's powerful <laughs> and you just don't know how much and you know they kind of keep all that in the dark while those different writers come in and so forth they just keep adding more and more and more and more until he's just insanely powerful so then it's like you know couldn't he just take over the world by himself at this point like, <laughs> and for that matter why is he even taking over the world couldn't he just like destroy it now and live by himself like i don't really understand his motivation um his mo- 
I mean, I know someone's going to be like, well, his motivation is proving survival of the fittest. And it's like, I know, I get that. But why? There's got to be more reason for, for doing what he's doing in the movie other than just destroy the world. Right? I, I got to say, until I heard about this movie coming out like a few years ago, maybe actually, I guess I had a snippet of it at the end of days of future past but until then i never in a million years would have thought they'd put apocalypse in a movie and you know in the old days the x-men movies like really kept themselves grounded like they weren't traveling through time or fighting robots or mm-hmm. going through outer space or anything like that but like they're finally kind of starting apocalypse to to that. just seemed way too weird and you know it's you know, after Thor, anything's possible in a movie now. Yeah, but, so, as, but as you said at one time before, Thor kind of embraced its weirdness, though, yeah. and, and, and Marvel made it work for Thor. Yeah. question is, can Fox make that work with Apocalypse? Well, they did with Days of Future Past. True. I mean, that's a time-traveling story. I mean, and they took it, they embraced it, they took it seriously, and they had the silliness of it. Like, it, it was okay. With Apocalypse, it's the same idea. It's just the problem is, like, at the end of the day, Apocalypse is just kind of a boring character. Yeah. Now, I haven't read any any of the reviews, but some critics that I've heard that have seen it kind of somewhat say that they think... Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is kind of just sleepwalking through her role in this movie because it is her last... I kind of... Kind of is her last role. I kind of got that vibe from the trailers. Yeah, she doesn't look like she's giving. Like, I I whole, like I like her, but I I don't. I mean, she's kind of reminding me of Tobey Maguire and in, in Spider Man Three. Kind of walking through the motions. That movie up. Kind of going yeah. through the motions of the movie and like I'm fulfilling my contract. That's but, what it seemed like in the trailers. I I got that vibe too. And it seems like she's the one kind of more in control of everybody, which is odd. It's like I know Hunger Games are really popular, but you know, geez Louise, guys, like and the trailer could be misleading and, right now too. So I don't, don't think know. it is. I I think like. After Hunger Games, they they knew this was going to be her last movie, so they so tried they to give her to, give her a beefier part. Well, whether she wanted it or not, I don't. I would even doubt that she wanted a bigger part. I'm guessing that uh, they did it to capitalize on her Hunger Games startup. Yeah, and the fact that, that not only Hunger Games, but the fact that everybody loves Jennifer Lawrence, right? Well, and you can't help it; she's awesome. Like you can't help but love her. But still, like, yeah. But even with that, Mocking Jay Part Two didn't do as well at the box office as the previous three movies either. So really? it kind of was the, I'm not saying that it wasn't necessarily a good story. I haven't watched them, but I guess in box office returns, it didn't do the numbers that some people That's thought. That's weird. That a, yeah, I know. The I've, final one usually the does the best. best. But from what I understood, it didn't do as well. That's I mean, it's, I, I think why. I think the studio considered it still a success, but yeah. it wasn't what they had expected or hoped for in that regard. You've seen the original Jumanji, right? With Robin Williams. <laughs> that came back out in, in uh, 1995, starred Rob, the, the late Robin Williams, Kirsten Dunst, David Allen Greer, Bonnie Hunt, Jonathan Hyde. They're obviously doing a remake. I mean, of course. I mean, Hollywood, world, it's Hollywood. Well, I mean, and also because the world has been hungry for, for new Jumanji. Dwayne Johnson will be pe- playing the role that Robin Williams played in the movie, which I have no problems with Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. He's a fine actor for being a former wrestler. The only reason I'm, I'm talking about this because he posted on his Instagram page that he wants to make sure that this movie also honors Robin Williams. No. He wrote on his Instagram page saying, 
An important thing that I want to be honest and bring up is Robin Williams. The love and respect I have for this man is boundless. You have my world. We will honor his name and the character of, of Alan Parrish, which is the character uh, that Robin Williams played, will stand alone and be forever immortalized in the world of Jumanji in an earnest and cool way. I have an idea of what to do and I think his family will be proud. I also think Robin is somewhere looking down and laughing, remembering the first time we met backstage and I for the first time ever was a starstruck bumbling idiot that couldn't even get my words out. He literally calmed me down with that smile and laugh but that's for another story down the road. That's really nice. That was yeah. I thought that was really sweet and also I thought really kind of bold saying that this remake would be something that his family would be proud of which I kind of took as a little bit of a bold statement to a certain extent. I mean not all remakes are necessarily successful or, or even as good as the original so. Well uh, but his words but his words she wasn't very good. But I his mean. words were, I thought, were great for taking on a role that Robin Williams had done at one time before. I thought that was really interesting and kind of cool. You know me, I'm a I'm a Star Wars geek, right? Mm -hmm. You know they're doing these um, anthology films, as, as uh, Lucasfilm calls them, and the first one comes out later this year. How in, weird is that, by in, the way? In, in Rogue One. How weird is that, that we have Star Wars movies that aren't really Star Wars trilogy movies? Like it's They're still connected in the universe. They're just not... It's just, I never thought yeah. they'd do anything like that. Cool with it. I'm cool with wrong, it because Rogue One looks really cool. It looks really good. Supposedly Darth Vader is supposed to be in that movie, but I can see why they didn't put that in the first teaser trailer. Why give it away so soon? Oh, really? Yeah, he's wow. supposed to have a, a semi-decent role in that movie. Wow. Um, but Lucasfilm is also their second anthology movie or quote non-trilogy movie is going to be a Han Solo movie and they've hired an actor that was last in the Coen's Brothers comedy Hail Caesar. Oh, I wanted to see that. Uh, they've hired the yeah, actor Al Alden uh, Enrich to play uh, the character of Han Solo that Harrison Ford has made so famous. The story uh, for the Han Solo movie is not known but Chewbacca will be playing a key character in the movie which duh no. uh, you can't have a Han Solo solo movie without having Chewbacca in there you wouldn't think and also there's been rumors that Boba Fett may also be appearing in that movie as well which I don't know if that will pan out or not because they've also been talking that the third anthology movie will be a Boba Fett movie so there's been a lot of rumors going back and forth but only Lucasfilm knows what they're doing the hopeful thing about this is that the uh, Lawrence uh, Kassad who wrote Empire and co-wrote Force Awakens has written the uh, Han Solo movie with his son. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who directed the Lego movie, will be directing the Han Solo movie. Oh, okay. I'm kind of looking forward to see. The big thing is with this is taking on a role that another actor has made so famous. Yeah has got to be daunting as hell. Yeah. And I would not want to be this guy. I mean, because not only is he going to be judged on his appearance and how he looks in the quote, the Han Solo outfit, but how he acts. And is he just mimicking Harrison Ford or is he bringing something to it that makes it his own, but yet still honors what Harrison Ford has done? That will be the big thing. I, In theory, it all sounds cool. And I'm hoping they do it right because you could really ruin a character in a certain sense by doing a solo movie that is not necessarily needed. I mean, because obviously Star Wars is a big universe but you'd think they could do a lot of other things than just doing a Han Solo movie but 
It's interesting. It won't be released until May 25th of 2018. There's been two other movies that come out, have come out on the on May 25th. Do you know which ones they are? No. Uh, a New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. So this will be the third movie, uh, third Star Wars movie that, that will come out on May 25th. Interesting. Yes. I'm, I'm kind of interested and excited about possibly seeing a Han Solo movie because obviously, you know, you'll get to see the, the Millennium Falcon again. I'm kind of curious, though, if they're going to go to see if it'll be how him and Chewbacca met up and how he gets the Millennium Falcon, and if so, will it involve some sort of Ooh, younger... Well, it'd have to uh, have, yeah. Or, and if so, you'd think they'd have to cast some sort of young uh, Lando Calrissian as well. Yeah, so. played by Justin Bieber. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, someone made mention that they thought the guy who played uh, Creed, well, who was also <laughs> in the uh, Fantastic Four flop, would make a good young... Uh, Lando, but I don't know about that. I liked him in Creed. I haven't seen Creed yet, so don't spoil it's it for really me. Good. Really good, actually. Uh, someone said they that was uh, kind of the third. I'm gonna say third best Rocky movie. Now, what did you think of, of Rocky Balboa? Did you like that? It was okay. Um, I I thought it was a nice homage to the whole Rocky series, yeah. and it was a better ending to at least if that would have been the last Rocky well, it was movie. A lot better than Rocky, Rocky Five. It was actually a good movie, um, but there were things about it that I didn't like. I thought Rocky getting in a draw with that guy was kind of they should have just either had him lose lose or win not win not win like that would have been stupid or i mean, too I mean he lost against he lost against apollo creed in the first one like I, I don't know why they didn't just have him lose yeah well from what i'm saying they... i guess the draw was okay but then the other thing i didn't care for in the movie i don't know it was it was a decent movie i think like there were things as a fan that i didn't care for but i think it was actually a very well-made movie so i liked it if i were to rank them i'd rank it uh below rocky three but a above four and five really since the rocky movies the original five just get worse with each one so they, they're really easy to rank well i'd, but, I'd put rocky four above rocky three or maybe not no i, I won't i know happy I'll, birthday polly uh, some people really like rocky four um rocky four is not bad i mean i can think of a lot worse movies to watch i, I don't but, know. but as far as it's pretty bad but, but as far as just uh, enjoyable i guess it's it's that movie's dumb. Well, okay. Like, dumb. To me, Rocky Four is the quintessential uh, 80s, 80s, movie. 80s movie because you got that whole montage there with him driving in the car and all the flashbacks to the previous three movies. Well, and then it's also got, like, Americans gotta fight the Russians. Yeah. And, like, oh, my God. <laughs> and the bad, like, and the bad montage music. Like, yeah. It, oh, uh, the best part of Rocky Four is the whole in fight. Yeah, uh, that's the whole best part. Of course, then again, isn't the fight always the best part in the Rocky movies? Usually, I don't know. I mean, the first one's a really good movie. Uh, the second one's a really good movie too. But the third one is what it is. I, I like the third one. Well, it's got um, Mr. T. Mm -hmm. Pity the fool. Well, the <laughs> Eye of the Tiger montage scene where they're. Uh, Training, yeah, running on the <laughs> beach together, like so. That's almost so gay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it, it is. Their shirts is. off and everything. I mean, oh yeah, that's where I was going with that one. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, you uh, have to wonder if they were getting their man love on. <laughs> I also love at the end when they're at the ring and it's like, ooh, it's here comes another rematch and like the music, it's like some boring like yeah. boom doom bass song and then ding ding. ding. Yeah, the whole yeah, and then they play the eye of the tiger. 
like, what a corny <laughs> ending. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but didn't they, from the trailer, <gasps> didn't they make mention of that sort of thing in the in Creed? About there was that secret fight of him and Apollo had. Oh, my gosh. I didn't. I, even I only know that because that. of the trailers, yeah, but yeah. I haven't seen the movie yet. I didn't even think about that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> wow. I totally, yeah, I didn't put those together. Uh, who was that actor that played Creed? Because he was in Apollo. He was in the Fantastic Four, but I can't remember his damn name. I don't remember his name, um, but he's good. He's kind of getting a lot of attention lately. Well, you know, the Fantastic Four, that cast was a good cast. Yeah. Like, they were they're all really good actors, but... Terrible movie. movie. Oh, my God. Holy cow. You can only pick on Batman versus Superman <laughs> so much. Like, at the end of the day, Batman versus Superman is still a movie. Like, it's a very dank and dour movie, but it's a movie. Fantastic Four is not even, like, really a movie. I don't know what the hell that thing is. It's like an unfinished college project that costs millions of dollars. I've got more Star Wars stuff here. Uh, yeah. Star Wars Episode Eight rumors have been released about the plot. Now, uh, I'm going to say before I read oh anything gosh. anything of this, take this with a huge amount of grain of salt, uh, salt. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up because the whole premise of this plot sounds interesting, but at the same time uh, makes you kind of go what supposedly this may take a minute here to get through but supposedly the backstory to luke and his jedi being wiped out is that snoke seduced kylos and a few of the other students to the dark side and tasked them with killing everyone sounds like you know emperor uh, you know, tricking uh, Vader into doing that in the episode three. But anyway, Luke and a few others survived, including a young Ray who was subsequently dumped on Jakku by Luke. Not too big of a stretch in that in, in that regard. Yeah. Okay. Ray's mom died in that attack. Uh, Ray is pissed at Luke, and she guesses that. He was her father and is angry for at him for abandoning her. Luke turns to her and says, no, you are my father. Hold on. This is where it gets really weird. Ray is the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker. Now listen here. Luke went to the first Jedi temple to better understand how the process works, meaning how he, how she could possibly be his father. Okay. He learned that the spirit of the chosen one is reincarnated by the force every time the universe is thrown out of balance, which apparently happens a lot. Anakin was hardly the first chosen one to be reincarnated. This is why she's so crazy powerful with the Force, okay? Rey was the product of a virgin birth like Anakin, but the midichlorians aren't mentioned. Uh, Luke says you are a child of the Force. Uh, Luke is hesitant to train her because according to Jedi history, the chosen one always struggles with staying on the light side of the Force because of the chaotic power running through them. He's afraid that she would become Vader 2.0 if he trains her to fight Kylo Ren, and she would turn to the dark side. She would do way more damage to the galaxy than Kylo could ever dream of doing. Uh, he ultimately trains her, though, and leaves everything up to the Force. He makes his this decision in a scene where he confers with the ghost of Obi-Wan and Yoda. Ray relearns lightsaber skills, force skills, and has a vision quest where she talks with Maz, kind of the, the weird-looking uh, yeah. alien we saw in uh, Episode 7. The latter tells her that she uh, also, supposedly, also some sort of a dream sequence with Hayden Christensen would supposedly be playing uh, Anakin that tells her that she is him, but 
different. There is a quick scene where she sees hundreds of other Force ghosts who are implied to be the past chosen ones. I only mentioned this because the whole thing seemed a little interesting, weird, and like, I'm not sure about this all at the same time. I hope they don't. I hope this is just some dorks yeah. dream that he made up. Uh, yeah, but anyway, this is the rumor that's kind of floating around the internet right now and as i said the only reason why i brought it up is because it is interesting do you know how weird that is by the way that like there's a few comments i could make but i won't make just I because i thought that like i always thought it was lame that like darth vader is like an evil jesus like he's <laughs> he's uh born of a virgin birth but if this theory is correct then perhaps earth is in the same galaxy and jesus was another one of the darth vaders <laughs> and it, you know he just never left this planet or maybe he did who knows and so like that is so freaking stupid i just can't believe it but you have to admit i mean it's interesting at the same time yeah uh, i'll I, say that uh, yeah i will admit that I, I, yeah i as i said i take this with a huge grain of salt because i seriously doubt luke's film would let something like this get out on the internet if this yeah. was really true yeah maybe some part of this some microscopic part of this might be true but i Seriously, doubt the whole uh, thing that Ray is actually a reincarnation of, of Vader is seems a little far-fetched in my book. You know, we laugh now, but in two years, when this happens... <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I'd be okay with seeing a Force Ghost of Ewan McGregor and, and, and Yoda. I mean, yeah. I would have no problems with that, you know, and I would have no problems if she is some sort of re uh, some sort of whatever, but just don't make it where it's she's a reincarnation of Anakin again. Uh, that just seems a little... Uh, weird. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to see a good episode eight and a continuation of of Ray, that's all Ray we story. Want. That's all we want is a good Star Wars movie. I mean, uh, come on, a good Star come Wars on. movie, a good story, and I don't want to see a kind of a replay of Empire either. I mean, I want to see. I don't. Yeah, mind. I know. I, like I that is like kind of. I I I didn't mind that they redid a New Hope for this one, but I hope this doesn't become a, like a, uh, a theme. You're right. I don't mind at the end of Episode Eight having your heroes in a dark place. Isn't it weird that J.J. Um, Abrams did that twice? Because he did that with Star Trek Into Darkness with Star Trek Two. Also, like, isn't that odd? Is that like a thing that he's I, into I, I, all I, of a sudden? Because that's know. never really been a thing with him before that I can think of. I, I don't know but where he's just recreating old movies in a, in a weird different in way. a sequel but recreating the old one like it's odd well and as i've argued before into darkness both is, of those movies are really good so right. i can't I, you can only complain so much especially the star wars one into darkness i thought was a little weaker than the first star trek but um i need to watch it again weaker though. and also uh they took the easy way out of taking khan as the villain yeah. and as i said before a lot of people say well it's just a ripoff of wrath of khan and i argue vehemently against that i say no it's more of the original episode spacey turned on its ear because mm. first of all uh, that's true that is so true because first of all kirk and the enterprise didn't find khan in the botany bay it was admiral marcus and starfleet that yeah. went out searching for it intentionally and it was starfleet or the admiral that actually woke khan up and had him working for starfleet for a year before we even saw him into darkness so yeah that movie does have some issues with it but it's not a ripoff of wrath of khan 
Khan. Now, they took some cheesy stuff they could have stayed away from that they used from Wrath of Khan, like the whole death scene with Kirk and the whole well, even Spock the, yelling yeah. out Khan. There's some things they could have done completely different with it. Well, but even the didn't. whole death seed thing, that girl, the blonde girl in the movie, wasn't she... She got her leg broken by Khan. Yeah. But they didn't kill her off. But No, I mean, in the show, what was, what was she in the show? Wasn't she his... Didn't she end up being his bride at the end? Well, there was a crew member on the, on the original episode, there was a crew member that took to Khan and Khan took to her. Uh, and, that was her, though, wasn't it? No. It wasn't? Uh, okay. the, the blonde was actually uh, Carol Marcus, which in the original timeline actually is the one who gives birth to Kirk's kid, David Marcus, who you later see die in Star Trek Three. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. Ta-da! And but, she was in Wrath of Khan, right? Car- yeah, Carol Marcus was. Yeah. 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 Okay. As an, as an older... Yeah. That's right. Okay. Okay. I knew she was something. But for some reason, the blonde that was in Into Darkness playing Carol Marcus will not be seen in Star Trek Beyond. Ooh. So, that's weird. Even though she left with him when they started their five-year mission, because that's where they left off at the End of Darkness. And Star Trek Beyond is supposed to be taking place like two and a half years into their five-year mission. Anyway, I want to do a Star Trek podcast later in this year, because sure. Star Trek 50th anniversary is later this year. They're doing a new show that's actually going to be set in the original timeline somewhere between the end of Star Trek VI and before Star Trek Next Generation. So it'll be interesting to see where they do with that. They're not actually going to set it in the J.J. Abrams universe, which I think was a smart move on CBS's part oh, because yeah. that way they don't draw the, the fans' wrath who just don't like what they've done with the movies. Did you know that after uh, the new Star Trek came out, you know, they did that time jump. Did you know it's a fact that since they went back and changed all that stuff in time, if you put in your Star Trek Next Generation seasons on DVD into the DVD player, they'll be blank. <laughs> so I can see why people are mad. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, there's probably someone out there who might believe that, <laughs> but that's a good one. I'll have to remember that next time. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. The only bright, yeah. There. I, I didn't see where you're going with that, but that was that was pretty good. I, I like that. I just want to see a good Star Wars episode eight. I don't mind that they leave the characters in a dark place. That's perfectly good. Find. I mean, it's a middle middle act of a three part act, so to speak. So I expect to see something dark and gloomy at the end. But I just don't want to see Empire esque remake, which I think Lucasfilm is smart enough no not to do. So. So that's all we ask. Yeah. Same way Star Trek movies. Any final words, thoughts, comments on anything we've talked about, not talked about? I don't think so. Cool. We've covered a lot of stuff. Oh, real quick. They have announced that they are going to go through with the 21 slash 22 Jump Street Men in Black crossover movie. Why? I don't know. Now, they have not announced, though, whether or not if anyone from that the... That doesn't even make sense. Why would you... I don't know. There's been no announcement, though, of whether or not of the uh, Jonah Hill and uh, What's-His-Face will be involved with the movie, same way they don't know if Will Smith will be involved. And here's the stupid thing. They're going to title it MIB-23, which sounds stupid. Why, like, can you explain to me why you would even combine the two? Like, I don't know. Like, who is like, yes, we need to make these unrelated franchises all, all of a sudden, sudden become unrelated. Related. It's stupid that sound of the whole premise now i've never seen the 21 or 22 jump street movies did you watch the show no it had johnny depp in it okay big deal (laughs) i don't see the appeal to that whole thing if you want to reboot men in black fine reboot men in black but don't make it a crossover with the 21 jump street stuff it's not needed it doesn't need to be done it should not be done but we have to create universes and these are the only franchises we have so we have to make a universe out of it well then someone's got to come along and create a podcast that's in universe with mine so (laughs) 
Ours are the same universe, bro. Oh, okay. We're in the same well. universe. And Brie Lunch is also in our universe, too. Sean? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's like the Guardians of the Galaxy of the universe, so. Does he know that, though? Yeah, he knows. Okay. He knows. I need to get him on. I tried to get him on yeah. for the... Uh, so, I mean, even even we've created a universe. I've, I've tried to get uh, Sean to come on for the uh, our Star Wars uh, uh, Episode 7 review, but he uh, graciously bowed out. Uh, I just need to find something for him to uh, come on the show for. I think it'd be fun. Anyway, we'll talk again, I'm sure. You seem to be the only one who wants to come on my show but oh, maybe it's not true maybe <laughs> anyway even i don't want to <laughs> i'm just kidding all of your show well anyway thanks for coming on where can people find you at true believers at dot nothing i don't have my website anymore you can find me on my facebook true believers and i've got a YouTube? youtube page okay yeah and if you get lost on that you can always slide down on my website you can find me at reggiestech.com uh, there's a couple links to his facebook page and youtube page uh you can find me at on twitter at reggie's take please follow me so on facebook and youtube hopefully in the near future also you'll find my podcast on itunes Ooh. knock on wood Ooh. uh anyway i'm trying to move up in the world thanks for joining You're me gonna be on the same venue as the beatles i'll beat garth brooks that's true yeah, uh, James, thanks for joining me. We'll talk at you later.